RPG Speak is a profane and sometimes rowdy podcast. While we do not recommend this podcast for children, we cannot tell you what to do. Just know, you have been warned. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, what is going on, everybody? It's the Mexanadian or Anthony, if you do prefer. Welcome back to the one out of many, many podcast to talk about anything rpg related whether it be video games or tabletop rpgs did you guys like that intro because i sure shit didn't i'm gonna cut this act out now uh so welcome back to rpg speak everybody i know it's been a while um but if you guys watched my last video and the pilot episode you would know the whole situation of me working outside of doing this podcast and you know my personal life stuff like that you guys know the whole situation and why this isn't a scheduled thing and I don't want to do the whole, you know, record three episodes at once and then schedule them to post whenever. I don't like that. I like things to be current. And I know if I do that, I'll end up missing something. And when I'm able to cover it, it'll end up being too late. Um, so I do have another retro version of RPG Speak that will be coming out in, you know, either next week or the week after. Just so that way you guys do have your fill. I didn't want to release a retro episode right after another retro episode because that's not what those are supposed to be. Retro episodes are supposed to be fillers for when I don't have any new content for you guys. Um, they're not supposed to be, you know, one after another after another because then it just makes me look like I'm not trying. Which I truly am trying to, you know, get this whole thing put together. It, you know, it just, it takes time that I don't have. Thankfully, I do have time today. If you guys hear something in the background, which you shouldn't be able to, but if you do, it's because I've got a fan going, like usual, because it is fucking hot as shit in my room, because I don't have AC. So, but that's besides the point. Today's topic is going to be my worst experiences being a dungeon master. Um, so, and for the sake of this episode, I will not be using the real names of anybody who, you know... I didn't talk with this about before or who didn't give me consent or stuff like that. Um, largely because I don't want their names getting out there. I will be using names, you know, that you have used before, you know, guys like Dustin and Jacob, stuff like that. I'll be using their names because you guys are familiar with them. I have talked about them quite often on my various, you know, media channels. Um, but some of the other people who I have never talked about before who, you know, have played in played with me or played under me stuff like that i will not be using their real names because i like my privacy and i really don't think they would like me you know either talking shit about them painting them in a bad light or just putting their stuff out there for you know however many of you guys watch this to see 
So for the sake of this, I will not be using any real names other than the ones you already know, which at this point is like three or four people. Um, so for this first story, we are going to be using... It, it's some, it, probably the most recent bad game I've ever had to DM. Um, and we're going to go... This I say it's the most recent, but this was like... I don't know, probably five-ish, six-ish years ago, maybe, I can't remember, when did I graduate? No, it's just probably about five years ago, because um, I graduated for, yeah, something like that. Uh, but the point is, this is the most recent bad, you know, DMing story I have, and the main topic of... The main subject I'm going to be referring to as Tony, and I'll make up some of the random names for everybody else that was there. So, or I might not just use names, who knows. So basically, I am a D&D and Deadlands Dungeon Master. Those are the two games I am very familiar with. Those are the two games I am more comfortable running and feel confident in running. Have I wanted to run other games? Yes, I have actually been looking into the Star Wars you know, the Star Wars tabletop RPG to run something on that. And, you know, there are a few other systems that I'm looking into to try and run with. But right now, but for as of right now, the only two systems I am confident in being a competent DM win is Deadlands and D&D. So I was asked to run a Deadlands campaign for a few of my friends, one of them being Dustin. And then some of my other friends, you know, Tony, uh, this other guy, another one will go by the name of jake i don't know point is there was the agreed upon number for this group was supposed to be three we were going to go to tony's house i was going to run it there he had a place all set up for us in his basement stuff like that and i get there and lo and behold unbeknownst to me two more people were joining the group there were three other people there one of them wasn't interested in playing which you know i didn't care about and the other two, I had no clue even fucking existed. I showed up with Dustin and our other friend Jake, and we basically, we went in there, you know, he took us, this is going to sound weird, but he took us to the basement, we got set, we were getting set up, uh, I noticed these guys were there, but they were all playing like Super Mario 64 or Smash Brothers or something like that, it was a Mario game, I can't remember, um, but they were all playing that, and I was like, that's cool, you know, they'll probably come over check it out stuff like that but they're just staying over there for now so we're getting set up and stuff like that i'm going over my notes uh tony and jake had to create characters because they didn't have characters at the time well jake had a character at the time but i may or may not have lost his character sheet while i was moving much stuff around because i've i have run an incredibly large amount of campaigns that i've never finished you know that the, the whole stereotype around you know gaming is that you will never finish a campaign i i have run so many campaigns that I've never, I've never run successfully run a single level 1 to 20 campaign uh which i know isn't huge because my dm right now renavian he's never run a successful well he's never run a level 1 to 20 campaign in general he's gotten close but he has not been able to completely run a well a com completely run and complete a custom homebrew level 1 to 20 campaign. Uh, thankfully, in Deadlands, there are no levels. There's, you know, some other ways that you can upgrade your skills, stuff like that. 
but there are no levels. It is base. It is literally just a post-apocalyptic survival game where you hone your act, where you actually hone your skills to survive. Um, but so I went over there and I brought enough. I brought two character sheets enough for Jake and Tony to create their characters. And so I start handing them out. And we're getting into the process, and all of a sudden, Tony goes, oh yeah, these two guys are also going to be joining us. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Um, okay, uh, this is a bit of a shock, but you know, I'm I'm an inclusive DM, I guess. I'm like, fine, whatever. I, you know what, I wasn't prepared for it, but part of being a DM is, you know, pre being prepared for, the, you know, what you don't know is... Being prepared for the unexpected again, I get you know, expecting the unexpected essentially. So, we ended up going from a group of three to a group of five in a matter of 30 seconds. I only had two character sheets, and there was no printer in the house that I could use, so I just pulled out some fucking lined paper, and we made custom character sheets, I guess. Essentially, I just had them write down what was on the character sheet, stuff like that, and it wasn't like, it was literally just lined paper with their skills and stuff on it. Uh, but the biggest problem with this group was Justin and Jake. No, not Dustin and Jake. Jake and Tony. Dustin's not Dustin's not bad. Um I don't know why I said Justin either. Justin isn't Justin doesn't exist in this story. Uh but Dustin and Jake they ended up uh being very impatient with the whole process because Deadlands is not a very fast character creation process. You know, it's not nearly as fast as D&D. &D. You know, D&D, &D, you've got your set character classes, set character races, set character, um, you know, well, you got your set, well, you basically get your set classes and set races that you can choose. Your set classes have, you know, your subclasses where that allow you to get more abilities. And then you have your five core stats strength dexterity constitution intelligence and wisdom and then you got your abilities you know like your athletics your stealth stuff like that then you put your weapons down you got your background stuff like that that stuff it can literally be all predetermined in the book if you don't customize your character um but in deadlands they do have what is called archetypes. I did, you know, I did a video on this in my top five non-D&D games to play video. Um, and, you know, I talked about it in my top five D&D games explained episode of the podcast of RPG Speak. But essentially with Deadlands, you've got, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, if I had a character sheet right now, it's hard for me to remember how many exactly there are. I think there's 10 base attributes not skills attributes you got your cognition deafness quickness nimbleness spirit strength and i can't remember the other one i know this is making me look really bad seeing as i said i'm confident and how i run deadlands and also know the game well but i can't remember shit because i am recording this right now at 6 30 in the morning so bear with me here but basically you fill those out and then, since there's so many abilities, you basically are creating your character to the exact way that you want it to be. Now, like I said, there are archetypes, which are basically the classes in the game, but most you could choose those if you want, but most people don't because of how much freedom Deadlands actually gives you to create the game. 
to create your character. But in Deadlands, not only do you have your abilities and attributes, you've got edges and hindrances that you have to get. You like you have to take ten points of an edge or a hindrance of edges and hindrances. So twenty points in total. You have to have at least ten points in edges and at least ten points in hindrances. That's it. Then you've also got, you know, your weapons and stuff like that. You got to pick that out. And you actually have to buy all of your weapons. You don't just get your weapons handed to you. You roll dice and you get a certain amount of money to spend at the beginning of the game. You get weapons, a vehicle if you have the money, uh, stuff like that. You can take edges and hindrances that'll, you know, help you without with that right at the beginning of the game. But you have to roll and get it and for your money and then buy your equipment in order to actually play the game. Now you can save your money and not buy that equipment right now and you know go fucking bare knuckle if you want and naked. But the point is you have to strategize and think really about how you want your character to play. So it's a little bit more of a complicated process to create your character. So it's not a very short process is what I'm getting at. Uh and you know Jake and Tony they are very very impatient when it comes to this stuff. Um, it Tony was so impatient, like, because first of all, we weren't even able to start until, like, I wasn't even able to get there until, like, I think it was like seven, maybe eight o'clock at night. And it's going to take at least two hours. I planned on ta it taking at least an hour to an hour and a half, maybe two hours the longest to get these two guys, get Jake and Tony's characters created because I only had one book to use. But now we're adding two more people in, which is going to take even longer to create a character with. Um, so essentially what I turned into a, what I planned on turn, it being maybe a one and a half hour to two hour ordeal, ended up turning into like four or five hours. You know, because the two people that joined in have never played Deadlands before. I don't even remember if they played D&D before. So I was explaining the rules and everything. I had to explain the rules and stuff like that. And, you know, Jake and Todd, I can't remember his fucking name already. Sorry, I forgot it. But now he's Todd. Jake and Todd, they were... Sorry, I hit my mic. They, they started getting impatient because they really wanted to play. And I was like, it's not my fault you decided to bring two people in without telling me, essentially. Like, Jake didn't have any say in that. Even he was surprised when there was going to be two other people. But Todd knew. He brought them in, and he didn't think to tell me that he there were going to be two more players than what I was expecting. I had created a campaign for three. Like, it was basically going to be a one-shot adventure. And I had created a one-shot adventure specifically for three people, not five, not two, three people. So I had to rework like half the adventure just to fit in these extra two people, which I, I, I didn't have too much of a problem with because like I said, I'm a DM. I expect the unexpected. I can change things on the fly. It's not that difficult. My problem was that they were so impatient. Todd specifically was so impatient that he didn't even complete his character sheet fully because he he had given the actual character sheet for Deadlands that I printed out for him to one of the other guys so that way he could you know better view what everything was so Todd was using a piece of lined paper and he was so impatient 
Because I, I, I needed them to have that paper look, have everything that was on the original character sheet. But he was so impatient that he only wrote down the skills that he wanted to use and had points in. The problem with that, and I didn't notice that he did it until the problem arose, the problem with that is that even if you that you still have the possibility to use a skill that you don't have any attribute points in and i need to know what you need to know where that attribute falls under so that way i can instill the proper rules for you to use if you guys don't know if you you in deadlands if you use an ability that you don't have any points in, you basically half the amount of what your the actual attribute for that category is so deadlands uses uh was the d20 system or something like that i can't remember exactly what it's called but basically deadlands uses as many dice as possible and for your attributes say your your quickness will end up being you know 5d6 so that means you will roll five die six for that for a check of for a you know quickness check and then you take the highest one if it rolls if it rolls an ace then you roll it again and you keep rolling i think you can roll a maximum of like five times you can ace a maximum of five times before it cuts off um i'll have to double check that but so essentially i need to know you need to know where that attribute falls so that way if you use an ability that you don't aren't proficient in, or in other words, don't have any points in, you basically use half of what your actual ability is. You know, what the attribute dice is. So if you had five dice, six in quickness, and you used a skill in quickness that you didn't actually, that you didn't have points into, then you would slash it, round down, so you'd be using 2d6 instead. Um, so stuff like that. There was also you know the problems of uh like lying and stuff like that i don't think there was any lying going on or fudging rules shit like that but those are the problems that i that you know in my brain would have arose um and i didn't realize that he had done this until it a role came up where he had to roll something and he's like i don't have that on my sheet and i'm like how do you not have that on your sheet i told you to write down everything that's on the character sheet and he said i didn't want to do that because it was going to take too much time and i'm like you were creating an entire ass character it's going to take time regardless you may as well do it perfectly um so that was one thing and jake on the other hand he was impatient to the point like he wasn't impatient he per se he wanted to he was creating his character but the problem was he doesn't like to because i've run him in a few D D games and he doesn't like his character to have a weakness that he has to overcome, essentially. You know, so this... He likes to have the badass, you know, cool, the cool badass character, essentially. But that cool badass character can't have any major flaws that will hamper him in being the cool badass character. And basically what he... What happened is when he drew his cards to get the die type for his... Uh, attributes for Deadlands, he ended up drawing the Black Joker. And if you guys don't know, good Red Joker, good Black Joker, bad. Um, that's how the rules are in Deadlands. So he drew the Black Joker, which meant he got some sort of mutation. And that mutation was he essentially turned into a vampire. 
Like, not, like, not the whole blood-sucking vampire deal, but, like, basically, radiation in the world affected him to the point where he can't stay out in the sun too long or else he could die. So, there, that was, you know, that, that in his brain was too big of an obstacle to overcome for his character. So, he decided, nope, scrap that character, and he essentially just stole one of my other player's characters from an older campaign. And it it kind of, it irritated me quite a bit, but we were at like 10.30. It, at, at this point, it was probably close to 11.30, maybe midnight. Um, and I was like, fine, you know what? Fine. I just want to get this game started. Well, actually, probably it wasn't 11.30 midnight. It was probably close to 10.30, 11 o'clock now that I think about it. But still, I want to just get this game started. I do not like starting games, like, past midnight because after midnight, my brain, whether I'm caffeinated, awake, whatever, my brain after midnight starts to go cuckoo. He starts to go, you know, and shit just pops out of there that I don't know what's going on. Um... But if I'm doing something beforehand, then my brain is just focused on that. So if I started DMing beforehand, my brain will be focused on being a good enough DM to make this game enjoyable. So we get all the character creation done. Um, and, it, and admittedly, this campaign brought apart, brought upon some of the funniest fucking moments I've ever had in my, in my time being a DM. You know, I've been DMing for seven years seven eight years now and this is probably this is this was one of this is brought apart uh upon some of the funniest moments i've ever dealt with and that's largely due to the fact that the two other guys that uh, were brought in without me knowing they created some of the funniest fucking characters I have ever seen in the game. Like I could tell that they, I could tell it was gonna be they were gonna be funny because they created characters and did not give a shit what happened when they rolled the dice, um, or they tr they purposely went for things that they could have fun with, and that's when I knew they were going to be fun at my table. So what had happened was one of the guys, I can't remember their names right now, but we're just going to guy number one, guy number two. Guy number one, I can't remember exactly what he rolled, but he played a character that was essentially a, he wasn't a snob, but he had no time for stupid for stupidity and was smart. Um, the, and guy number two, he created a character where he had a hindrance where he idolized someone essentially like i think it was obligation or something like that i can't remember but it was uh, the hindrance basically tells you the more points you put it like i think it's loyalty or something like that i can't remember the exact uh the i can't remember the exact hindrance but it was basically it, the description of it along the lines was you idolize a a close friend public figure or hero and you try to be as much like them as possible and help them at all and you know you basically idolize them you know you simp them in today's language i guess and he thankfully and it just so happened that i with dustin's character i have a thing with his character specifically where his character is the same exact character in every campaign basically 
every one of my campaigns has the same exact character for Dustin. His name is Ryan Brick, and he has been he has been in every single one of my de- my Deadlands campaigns. And I've managed to craft a story around it where he is a known hero in the world of Deadlands because every one of my campaigns takes place in the same universe. Um, you know, I don't have a multiverse of Deadlands. You know, I don't have a Deadlands multiverse yet. Yet. Uh, but yeah, he is, his character is well known throughout the Deadlands universe. And so, guy number two decided that he was going to idolize Dustin's character. And it was some of the funniest shit ever. And that, the, the stories I'm going to tell, I'll have to tell when I get, if I ever get Dustin on here. Which I'm sure I'll get him on here eventually. Because it's, it's far funnier when he explains. It's it's a lot better with him here to explain it because he he looks back on it as finally as I do. Uh, but yeah, so we it, they they did great for not ever playing Deadlands. They actually did really good. It was really just Jake and Tony that I had any issues with, and that was just because they were purposely trying to do dumb shit. Like guy number one and two, they created dumb characters. Well, air quotes, dumb characters. They created what was essentially joke characters because they knew that they were never going to be playing under me as a DM again. You know, I had literally just met them and they knew that this was going to be a one-time thing. So they wanted to have fun with it. And so they created joke characters, but they still took the game as seriously as possible. You know, obviously, like I said, there were comedic moments and shit like that because their characters were inherently supposed to be comedic. But, you know, they didn't do stuff that were that was going to intentionally damper the group. You know, they didn't do stuff that was going to be bad for the group. Tony and Jake, on the other hand, definitely did. Um, Jake was too concerned on his character dying, which, fair point, I guess. Deadlands is literally considered a meat grinder game where me as the DM is supposed to try and kill your character. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, but he was so concerned with his character dying that he didn't do enough, in my opinion, to help the group out when need be. Tony was trying to be funny. Tony was purposely trying to do shit to get a laugh. And that's something I am i don't necessarily like at my table. Like, yeah, sure, people... I'll allow people to do stupid shit at my table, you know? I, somebody wants to try and, you know, climb up onto a roof and then jump onto the dragon's back, do a double front flip and stab him in the neck, stuff like that. I'll let them do stuff like that because it's you're active you're still actively going towards the same goal of the party and it's not a detriment to your party really. But Tony did shit like there was the story of this one shot was they were in this town that was the people were constantly being abducted by cultists essentially and then being I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Uh they were they were basically being assimilated into this cultist group and they just kept going back and taking more people from this town. So the group is in this town trying to figure out what's going on and on top of this hill they spotted a cultist that didn't look like any of the other cultists that they had seen before. Uh they spotted this cultist who was just standing on top of this hill. And so Tony decides it would be the smart idea while the rest of the group was like the dude wasn't doing anything. He was just standing there. The rest of the group was looking back at him, stuff like that. Um, Tony decided the best idea f- would be to charge at him without saying a thing. He charged at him and tried to fight him without saying a thing. He literally just said, I charge at him. And even everybody at the table was like, you dumb motherfucker, why would you do that? And he was trying to be funny and cool at the same time. You know, the whole dumb barbarian thing, except his character wasn't a dumb barbarian. Um, His character was just a guy that used a sword, essentially. But, yeah, so he just charged without a second thought at the guy. And me being fed up with his bullshit up to this point... um had this cultist guy be super fucking powerful specifically towards him and essentially just back slapped him and he rolled down the hill uh so everybody everybody nobody else went to fight the fucking cultist because they're not stupid um and so he did stuff like that that just didn't help the group at all and was intentionally there to just try and be funny and it didn't end up being funny it just ended up being a thing that happened um and eventually it get it got to the point where i i was trying to end this session like like it got to the point where dustin was sitting next to me texting me like you got to end this we got you you got to end the session dude it's going way too far off the rails 
And I'm looking at him like, I know, but I can't. Because at that point in the story for the adventure, like, we were literally right before the point of them storming the cultist hideout to finally take them out. Um, and so I couldn't really do any... I couldn't end the story there because it was a one-shot. And I wanted to finish it. So I kept going. This went on, And it went on for like another hour and a half until... Finally, they ended up, uh, Todd's character ended up, like, he had a mutation too. Um, Todd's character had a mutation where if any part of his, any part of him, you know, his arms, legs, torso, stuff like that, if any part of him gets dealt five wounds to it, which would be considered mauled and you, it's just gone at that point, he would explode. That, that, that was his mutation. If anything got damaged... If any part of his body got five wounds taken to it, he would explode, essentially. And that was normally just supposed to be he just goes pop, essentially. But I, I needed to end this session. So what I did was what he thankfully what he thought was that if one if, you know, he took five wounds to a body part, it was a nuclear explosion, essentially. You know, if he turned into a fucking nuke. And it worked in my favor because I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly what happens. I, yep, that is exactly 100% what happens. I agree. So what he decided to do was run into the cultist hideout and just let them stab him, essentially, until they dealt five wounds to one of his body parts. And I'm like, he already thinks this is what it's going to happen. I need to end this. So he blew up in a nuclear explosion and the entire cultist cult died. Um, and that was the end of that session. I, me and Dustin went home. Uh, everybody else hung out for the night. And uh, that, that, that was not a, it was a fun night, but it was one of the worst DM, one of the worst games I think I've ever run in my life. Just because of how much bullshit went on, you know, it, it and it's a it's a combination of it was a combination of people joining that I didn't know was gonna were gonna join. It was a combination of impatience in character creation. It was, you know, combine all of that with the fact that, you know, two of my players weren't taking it seriously at all, or one or. You know, other than, you know, there was one player that wasn't taking it seriously at all and purposely trying to do stupid stuff. And then there was another one who was taking it a little too seriously, even though he was never going to end up playing that character again. And so it was it was it was fun, but definitely one of the worst games I've ever DM'd. Um, but that still does not compare to the worst game I have ever DM'd in my life. Um, and it was almost with the same exact it was with. Two of the same people, Tony and Jake, were still a part of it, um, and so were so was Dustin, but this time Jacob was there too, and then there was like one other, one or two other people that were there. Um, I think it was just one other person that was there, and so we ended up, we went there. I created another one shot. Uh, Dustin had a character made already that he had never been able to play past level one, so it was still level one. Jacob had a, created a character beforehand. Um, 
I had and I had created a character for Tony already. So Jake and this other guy, guy number one, were didn't have any characters. What they didn't realize is that character creation in D and D as well takes at least an hour to put your character together. Nobody knew that, and th this was the day after we graduated too. No, this was the same day we graduated. Everybody else that we graduated with went to like the after the the, the after party that the school put on for everybody. Me and my friends decided that we wanted to go play D and D, so that's what we did. And I knew everybody that was going to be in the group. This. This was this time I knew that there were going to be multiple people in this group. I knew exactly how many people there were going to be in this group, and there were no surprises dropped on me this time. So that was good. But guy number one, nobody I guess nobody actually realized how long it takes to create a DD character. Like I said, it takes at least an hour per character. Um so you, you know, depending on what you're doing, if you're I mean, if you're playing a fighter, you know, joke is that it's basic, but it's true. Fighter's pretty basic. Um, but, you know, these guys, both these guys wanted to play magic characters, essentially. Jake wanted to play a blood mage, and guy number one, I think, wanted to play something else, but I can't remember what it was. I think it was a fighting class of some sort. Uh, but it, it was going to take a while for them to create their character, and unfortunately, guy number one couldn't spend the night like the rest of us. So guy number one ended up having to leave early before he was even able to play the game. So then the group was just down to me, Tony, Jake, Jacob, and Dustin. That was the group. And so this this group I had run previously before. I had run them in Deadlands. So I knew what I was getting into. Um, basically, the game started, you know, everybody was having fun. Every, you know, basic starting. Everyone was in a tavern. Jacob and Dustin knew each other. Um, and then Jake and Tony didn't know anybody else. So basically, so it's, it started off incredibly weird and ever so slightly irritating because Tony also did not take this game seriously at all. He has a very bad habit of not taking anything and not taking anything seriously as far as D&D goes. Even the games that he has run beforehand, by, that he has run, he never took seriously. Um, and I mean, it's fine to not take the game too seriously. You shouldn't take it too seriously, because after all, it is just a game. But like every game, you got to take it at least somewhat seriously for you to be able to have a good time. Or else you're just not, or else either, oh, yeah, you might be having a good time, but nobody else is having a good time. So, you gotta have some level of seriousness when you play a game, but basically, this game, like I said, this game started off in a tavern, a few people knew each other, some people didn't. Tony's character, because Jacob was playing a female character at this time, I can't remember what exactly he was, but Jacob was playing a female character at this time, Tony was not, he was playing a male character, and Tony decided the first thing he was going to do was slap Jacob's character's ass. That was the first thing he decided to do. Lo and behold, Jacob's character backslapped him into fucking oblivion, and when he tried to run at Jacob's character to fight him, the bartender rolled a natural 20 and threw a dagger that stuck in the hand of Tony's character. It stuck in his hand so well that he couldn't get it out. Eventually, guards came and took him off to jail because of a decision that he made, so his character was essentially out of the fucking game right at the beginning of the game for about two hours. 
he realized that he was going to be out of the game for a while because he had never introduced himself to any of these characters to anybody else's characters he didn't introduce anybody he didn't introduce his character to anybody else's characters first of all um he didn't introduce himself and immediately got himself arrested so none of these guys had any reason to get him out of jail so he was stuck in jail until i was able to figure out a fucking reason for these guys to get him out of jail without knowing who he was they didn't even know his name at the time so these guys so the game still still goes uh, Tony realizing that his character is essentially fucking useless for the next however long because of his own dumbass decision, he got a little upset and then he turned around and started playing fucking Smash Bros, I think. Or he started playing, I think he started playing Bloodborne because he was bored. And I'm like, dude, your dumbass is the one who got arrested at the beginning of the game. You cannot put this on me. That is your fault. So we ended up, he, they ended up getting him out of jail. Uh, Dustin's character was fucking charismatic as shit and ended up just walking into the jail and met a guard named Tim. Uh, Tim has now become a running character in all of my campaign, all of my D&D campaigns and basically just said that, you know, he could go in. He made it through the first guard, didn't make it through the second, wasn't able to persuade him. So that was try number one. Eventually, Jacob's character went in and got him out somehow. I can't remember the exact details. I think he said something about how he wasn't going to press charges, shit like that. Um, and then they ended up going on an adventure where it lasted a total of two hours because... We and it, we ended up having to end the game early because Jake decided to play a blood mage, and blood mages are stupid fucking complicated to play, but they're even more complicated to fucking make. If anyone out there has made a blood mage character, holy fucking shit, dude needed like four sheets of fucking paper to fit all of the stuff that he need that he had onto his fucking character sheet. So we spent probably two hours alone on his character alone. Um, and so the mechanics for being a blood mage are very complex. And we it, like there were points where we were spending like 20 minutes alone on his, on his character alone, trying to figure out what fucking attacks he can use without damaging the party and stuff like that. And it was it was so Star Spangled fucking complicated. So we we ended up ending the game early because nothing was happening. Legit nothing fucking happened. They got into like two fights and it was so boring that I was actually falling asleep. I mean, granted, I will give them this. That was around the time that I was starting to stop drinking pop as much as I had. And I basically went cold fucking turkey from pop to try and decrease my goddamn sugar intake from pop. So... I was I didn't have any caffeine or at least enough caffeine to keep me too awake but I knew I wasn't I knew as long as I was focused and having fun I was going to stay awake the problem was this was so fucking boring that I couldn't stay awake these guys as characters could, did not do anything of fucking note except for Todd's character getting erected erected probably arrested 
for slapping Jacob's character's ass and then getting his getting the shit kicked out of him by a bartender. And that was it. Those were the most memorable moments of the game. Like, it wasn't a it like it it was a bad game in the sense that just nothing happened. Like those are the only moments I can remember from the game. Because I mean I don't have this adventure anymore. It was a custom one shot that I created. And I, I think it it got lost during when I was moving out of my old place. So it, it but it was it, I just I just can't get over how fucking boring it was. And the fact that, you know, Todd he was pissed at me because he because of his own actions and then he just decided to completely disregard the entire fucking game about and anything that was happening like he didn't even know he was getting like out of jail because he was so focused on playing a fucking playstation game because his dumbass got arrested at the beginning of the game and made himself fucking useless so it's it's a bad like i said it's a bad game in a sense that it was just boring and there were some things that, like, there were some things that irritated the shit out of me. Like, him getting himself arrested right at the beginning of the game, and then blaming it on me, and then turning around and playing Bloodborne and Bloodborne for fucking two hours, not paying attention to the game whatsoever. So, it was, and then getting mad at me when he didn't know information about stuff that took place while he was playing fucking Bloodborne for two hours. And it, it, it irritated the shit out of me. Um... And the fact that it was also, you know, nobody knew how long it was going to take to create a D&D character, especially a fucking blood mage. So we didn't get started till late. And then everybody after we ended was like, wow, that ended early. That was, I mean, it was good and all for what we played, but wow, that was short. And I'm like, it's, I didn't have anything to work with. Nobody gave me anything to work with. Like, even Dustin and Jacob, my two most seasoned players at my table. Like, they are the two most seasoned players at my table. Like, I, I run them on adventures with just the two of them a lot. So, like, they, they know how I run games. And even they couldn't provide me anything to work with because nobody else was doing anything. And so it was a game that was bad because it was just so boring. I didn't have anything to work with. Like, I like to think that my improv skills are pretty decent when it comes to D&D but holy shit I do need some I still need at least something to work with you know you can't just sit there in fucking silence and expect me to pull something out of my ass that's not what I that's not what you can do I can't pull something out of my ass okay I cannot pull an amazing fucking moment out of my ass that is that is not how DMs work Okay, we create story, we create, we give you a platform to mold your own story around the world we created. And if you don't give us anything, we can't do our jobs and create a better world for you to be involved in. And so it was, it was just, like I said, I can't stress enough how much it was, how boring it was. It was so incredibly fucking boring. And I'll have to get Dustin and, and or Jacob on here to talk about it too, because they were they were more they were able to they they knew more about what was going on than I did essentially, because I just kept I kept zoning out I kept tuning out of how fucking boring this was, and so, and it made maybe it sounds like I'm being a bit petty you know maybe it sounds like I'm just complaining a lot, and maybe it sounds like I'm just complaining about you know. Todd and Jake, like this whole video was just because of Todd and Jake. But the fact that, like, the reality is, 
I don't run very many new people in my games. I have the same group that I run in my games constantly, that being Dustin, Jacob, Jake, and at the time, Todd. Those were the four people that I ran in my groups regularly. So that's where most of my stories come from. Now, obviously, I'm running Dustin and Jacob in another campaign. There's going to be another campaign for the podcast that Dustin and Jacob are going to be in, as well as one or two other people that I'm trying to figure out who's going to be in it. So it's, it is just so star-spangled fucking fucked, you know? And it, it's, it, it, like I said, it sounds like I'm complaining a lot, because I am. I am definitely complaining. But it's not just about these two guys, you know. I'm. These are just the two worst stories I have from gaming. Um, at least being a DM, you know. Thankfully, I've been pretty blessed to have DM'd a lot of very good games. You can ask Dustin and Jacob at any time. They have. They will always tell you that my games are fun as shit, and that I am a, a fairly decent dungeon master. Um, but yeah, it's, I can only work with, I can only work with what I'm given essentially. And it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. That's how DMs work. Um, I'm sure there are some DMs out there that, you know, I'm sure, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people out there that listen to this and are going to be like, well, this is what I would have done in that situation, or you should have done this in that situation. And it's like, sorry, I keep hitting my mic and it's, it's like, I don't care. You know, you're sure you could have had you may have handled it differently. It's done in the past, though. I could I handled it differently than you. Um, there's going to be people that are like that are probably thinking all oh, this dude's just bitching and whining about stuff. If he was a better DM, then this stuff wouldn't happen. It's like, OK, sure, maybe. But we'll never know now, because at the time I wasn't a very good DM. Like at the time, I was just starting out DMing, essentially. Um, you know, the Deadlands one took place. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, after I was DMing, but the D&D one was only two years after I had started DMing. Like, I was still a new DM. So it was, I don't know, man, it was, it was rough. Um... But though I do I do have more bad D and D stories, you know. Thankfully, like I said, most of them were not me as the DM. Most of them are as me being a player. Uh, but I want to get more people in to talk about these with because I most of my bad stories as a player come from the main group that I play with, 
That being, you know, Renavion, Tyler, Tyler's mom, aunt, and nephew, nephew, cousin, cousin, not nephew, cousin, um, you know, so he, it, I got those stories, and I want to, I want to try and bring on one of those, at least one of them, you know, I can probably get Renavion on here, I could probably get Tyler on here, so it's, I want to talk about those with them, um, and then, you know, I'll bring Dustin and Jacob on to talk about these stories with them and, you know, how they personally felt when that happened because they were, at least, you know, Dustin was there for both of them. Uh, Jacob's heard many stories about that night. So it I, I do want to bring those guys on to kind of rehash this. Um, but, you know, speaking of Tyler, we do me and Tyler do have something in the works. Um, if you guys don't know who Tyler is... Um, he goes by Evergreen Chrysalis, I think, on YouTube. I think, I can't remember his fucking name on YouTube. But he is the stepson to the one and only Renavion. If you guys watched my interview with Renavion, I recommend doing that. Um, it is a great interview with him. But their personalities are almost exactly the same. Almost exactly the same. There are some differences. But we got something in the works coming uh, for you guys. Also, before I go, I do want to mention that I do have new merch out in my uh, Streamlabs shop. I have added an animal bandana with the Mexanadian flag. And I have added a baby shirt up to 18, max size up to 18 to 24 months. Um, a women's crew neck and a um, men's athletic shirt um the women's go up goes up to 2x men's goes up to 3x and like i said the baby shirts go up to 18 to 24 month old babies um all of those can be found at my Streamlabs merch shop they are all very good designs the shirts have the mexican have my character on them and like i said the bandana has is a mexican Mexanadian flag bandana. So, I want to thank you guys all again for tuning in to this very complainy, bitchy episode of RPG Speak. Uh, more things to come in the future. I will have another retro episode out for you guys very soon. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, and I can't wait to be in your guys' ear next time. So, have a good day, everybody. Have a good day. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's Anthony from the RPG Speak podcast that you just listened to. All of the music in today's episode was Metal Rap Instrumental by Lost in Scores. RPG Speak is a podcast where I talk about all things role-playing, from tabletop RPGs to video game RPGs. Stay tuned for next episode, where I'll share more stories and opinions on gaming today, as well as my own personal gaming experiences. Stay safe, everybody.